This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. I did an episode just a couple of episodes ago about my favorite travel apps And the response from you all has been fantastic. Thank you for the messages. And there was one in particular from someone named Alicia or Alicia. Forgive me if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. But she wanted to know more about traveling with children. I actually had this in my podcast lineup and I decided to go ahead and bump it up since there was such a great response to the other one about travel. But I first wanted to just give uh just jump in here with a quick note. Um I do encourage you guys to message me if you guys have questions or topic suggestions for the show. By all means, send it to me on my Instagram, my Facebook, um email oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. But I have to to be a hundred percent honest, I do read everything, but I don't respond to everything. So um, and it just becomes very overwhelming. And so I've just had to learn that, um, I can't respond to everybody. It's hard to also kind of filter who's legit and who's not. I get requests all the time from people wanting to be a guest on the show or you name it, I've received it. And so, um, that's one of the reasons why I did create the listener membership group and it's a Facebook group dedicated to listener members only. It there is a fee, it's a monthly fee of nine dollars. If you're interested in learning more, you can click on the buy me a coffee link in the show notes or by all means send me an email at oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. But unless you're a member or I'm doing the one-on-one coaching with you, I just please understand it gets a little overwhelming to respond back to everyone's messages. But again, I do read them and I do take them to heart and I will address a lot of the questions and topics that you guys suggest on the podcast. So I am listening. I promise I am. So in that episode, you may have heard me talk about when I was 18 years old, I got the travel bug. I mean, I I decided, you know what, every year for the rest of my life, I want to travel and experience one new place that I've never seen before, like making sure I can see as much of, of this beautiful world as I can in the the years that I have living in it. And I've really taken that to heart. And I also became a mom at a very young age. And so I've traveled with my kids. And I'll tell you a story in just a sec. But first, I just want to address a couple of things. Is travel a privilege? Absolutely it is. But it is one that I am absolutely unapologetic for. I did not grow up in a great family situation. I certainly didn't come from a family with money or any kind of support or resources. In fact, I didn't even really live with my parents all the way through high school. I was forced to be 
quite independent, having to support myself, living with different family members. And oftentimes I would work two jobs through high school to get me through high school because I didn't have the family support. So when I turned 18, I worked two jobs and I ended up taking two trips that summer, one to Seattle, one to Salt Lake City. And I and that's kind of where I just got the travel bug. I had gone to two places that I had never been before and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I I don't even know what it, I can't even describe. It was seeing Mount Rainier, something that you only see in books or, you know, whatever. And to see that in person was really changed, life-changing for me. It made an imprint on me. Um, and so I just decided I'm going to dedicate this and really try to learn so much about the world and different cultures and see as much as I possibly can. If I could travel all the time, I would. My husband says like I am a gypsy inside. I would be absolutely fine with that. Just travel and go from place to place. But I, again, had a child. I became a mom at the age of 19. And so I was faced with, do you travel with kids? Well, I was blessed to have at the time. So my ex-husband was military. We were a young military couple. We were living in Bremerton, Washington at the time. That's where my oldest was born. And we... um I, he is blessed with the most wonderful parents on the earth, um, his father and stepmother. She has since passed away, but she was Canadian. And so when she came up to see the baby, they were like, hey, let's take a little trip up to Canada. She wanted to show us her home country. And so I was like, um, can you travel with a baby internationally? And she, they were like, yep, sure, not a problem. So we booked a little trip when my son was nine days old, my firstborn. And I know some people are so appalled by that. Trust me, I've been mom shamed to death about that. But you know what? I'm glad I did it. No, no regrets whatsoever. The baby survived. And so we booked um, a ferry and took the ferry up to British Columbia, Victoria. And it couldn't have been the most perfect little trip ever, to be quite honest. Um, back then, I don't know why we didn't need a passport for the baby. So I don't remember what happened with that. So maybe I don't, maybe traveling was a little bit different back then. I can't quite remember why it was so easy. It was easier than it probably should have been. But we went up there and I will say it was one of the best things I could have done. I know I just had a baby, but the trip was actually quite easy. I didn't put any pressure on myself. I got out in the sunshine. Um, I took it super easy. I went back to the hotel and napped when everybody else was out adventuring. The baby and I got plenty of rest, sleep, but I also got out in some sunshine and and again, the baby survived. So nine days old, the, his first trip. And so again, I know people are either shocked by that or sometimes appalled, but you know what? I realized, hey, you can travel with kids. So let's talk about that. So first and foremost, when I talk about this just with friends or, you know, if I'm at the park with my kids or throughout the years, people always ask, like, you really do travel with your kids? And even though my, oh, my daughter 
when she, again, this is, we are a military family. When she was three days old, we had to travel for military orders from California to Alabama. And so that wasn't exactly vacation, but again, we made it work. We we had some adventures along the way. So she actually beat my son. I just realized that. And then my youngest, um, he was more like four weeks old when we took our, our little trip. And it was just, I had um, uh, taken FMLA from work and we had like two weeks left. And so I was like, let's go adventure a little bit before I have to go back to work. So all my kids have traveled when they are little. And again, they've all survived. They've all survived. And yes, people made comments or the worst ever was in a gas station with my daughter and a lady shouted at me for bringing a a newborn into a gas station. But we were, were literally traveling across the country on military orders. So we didn't exactly have a choice. So But I am here to tell you, if you find yourself in one of those situations, kids do survive. They're actually quite resilient. So a lot of people, again, will say, well, I want to travel when my kids remember. I want to travel when they have memories. But here, I'm here to tell you that you will remember, and that counts too. So that's my first point. I can say it's actually been quite interesting and a lot of fun to take small children and watch them explore different things, watch them learn or see a new place. So for instance, maybe it is hiking and having your little toddler going through the mountains and picking up little sticks and cool little treasures. Or if you don't live near the beach, maybe watching them have their toes touch that cold ocean water for the very first time. Um, When we were stationed in Guam, we took a little trip over to Japan and my daughter had a little tuft of blondish hair. And so I'm not quite sure, but I've been told that that sometimes in that culture signifies like good luck if you rub their head. So it was actually pretty cute that um, as we kind of explored Japan, um, a lot of people would kind of tap her on on her little head, and I didn't mind, honestly. I, I understood it was part of the culture, but it was actually pretty interesting to watch, and it was kind of fun. And it's a cool little memory that you have. So your memories count, too, as an adult. So it's not about only making sure our kids remember. You will remember, and you'll have some pretty fun stories, and especially stories to share with them. A lot of photos, a lot of cool stuff. And the older they get, they actually really do appreciate those. And I just have to warn you, this might go the full hour or close to it because I love this topic. The other thing that I am super passionate about is that travel is education. It is education. We learn. That has been one of the coolest things that I've experienced with my children, Some of the places that we've traveled, they then a year or two later learn about in history books, they learn about in school, and they can contribute to the conversation because they've been to that Civil War site, or they know where the Platte River runs, or just different things where it makes history, it makes science, it makes all of the classes that they learn in school mean something a little bit more different because they've had those experiences. 
And also, I'm a big believer in travel's education. I want my children to understand, to get out of their little bubble and understand that people do live differently how we live. So for instance, one of the things that I'm, my husband and I are big on is when we travel to like a big city, we try to use as much public transportation as we possibly can because we generally live in more suburban kind of communities where we're always driving in a car. And what a great life lesson to be able to navigate a public transit system. This is what millions of people do every single day. I don't want my kids to grow up and be adults and be faced with that and be paralyzed because they have no idea, you know, how to navigate a city that they're new in. And you can't always rely on Uber or different things, but a lot of great learning opportunities along the way. So again, travel is education. So a few things when it comes to, and I'll start with kind of like the babies. Okay, here's one of the things, new moms. I feel like any baby shower I go to for a new mom, I always need to tell them a stroller can be gate checked. So a lot of times I've had friends who they're planning a trip and they check their stroller and then they wrap or carry their baby, or they have a toddler that's like going nutso in an airport, take a stroller with you. And this is something that it's funny. I've actually, I don't know how many parents I've told and shared this and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, haven't you gotten on an airplane and you see all the strollers kind of checked on the side? You can take a stroller through the airport. In fact, I super encourage it. It's an easy way for you to navigate a busy airport without losing track of your child. If you have to go into a restroom, sometimes you can squeeze that stroller into that larger stall and take use the facilities yourself um, without having to, to worry about um, a little one crawling off or running off. There are Also, I actually miss carrying a stroller through an airport because we just packed it. Like we hung our bags on it. We just had that sucker packed and it was glorious to have that uh, as we traveled through an airport. But yes, and make sure when you gate check it, you're gate checking it properly because we have learned, especially if it's an international flight, Sometimes they'll gate check, and if it's not gate checked properly, it will go to baggage claim. So if you have a connecting flight, make sure when you're checking it that it's a gate check. So it'll be there at the gate when you um, disembark from the airplane. Um, Also, when it comes to little ones, because like I said, I have quite a bit of experience traveling with little, little ones. I know that you can have a lap child when you travel. I think this is okay for short flights, but if it's a longer flight, I highly encourage you to consider purchasing your child their own seat. There is nothing worse than just not having the room or the space when you have a child on your lap, especially if you're traveling alone and you're trying to keep that child from kicking the seat in front of them, from running up and down the aisle, from just kind of contained. So if you are able to purchase that additional seat, I highly encourage you to do that. Just give yourself a little bit more room. Um, Just get them out of your arms for a second because that sometimes, depending on which airline you're flying, some of those seats are pretty tight. 
Um, and real quick on the lap child thing, bring the birth certificate with you. Airlines are really cracking down on this. We experienced this when we flew with our, when our youngest was one, we were just taking a short flight from Las Vegas to San Francisco. And we had him just, we didn't book him a seat because it was a relatively short flight. And man, that ticket agent harped on us for not having a birth certificate. So she went ahead and let us on. And he was like, he was like 16, 18 months. I mean, he was um, definitely, he was just kind of that, maybe she was like, really, is he too? Um, age. And so she uh, allowed us on the flight, but said we had to have someone mail us the birth certificate um, well, and in order for us to take the flight back home. And so she was very strict. She was very adamant about this. And in fact, she said, I am notating it in the system that you have been told to have the birth certificate. So make sure you take any kind of important document or verify with the airline what is required before, even if it's a lap child. They don't, people try to skirt by those rules. The airlines have caught on and they are definitely cracking down on that. So have your child's birth certificate or passport. Um, Let's talk about car seats for a minute and whether you should take it on an airplane. Okay, so I've kind of, I've done both. And it really quite honestly depends on the child, the time of day, and how long the flight is. So if you have like a toddler, so they have their own seat, um, it really kind of depends. I remember specifically taking a car seat when we were flying to Guam from the United States, just because those were really long flights. And my daughter at the time was a toddler and she was like a terrorist toddler at the time. And so I was like, there's no way this child will stay strapped in just an airline seatbelt. And I wanted her to sleep and just be contained. And so I definitely took the car seat and it worked. Um, it definitely did the trick because uh, she was able to sleep comfortably in it. But if your child is one or at that age where they hate their car seat and they're kicking and screaming, do you, do you really want to face that on a busy packed airline? I mean, I don't know what the rules are. I'm not here to say what's safe or not safe. That's something that you would need to research yourself. But I will say I haven't always taken the car seat. Now, obviously, I've taken the car seat on a trip. You get a travel bag, you zip it up, you check it with your luggage. And I don't believe for most airlines, it actually counts as part of your luggage. I think it might, for some airlines, might be a freebie. So definitely, definitely check on that. But um, again, it depends on your child. It depends on the flight that you're taking. Um, Make life easy on yourself when you're traveling with kids because... It can be an adventure, that's for sure. Um, What else? Okay, here's the other thing I want to say about real quick about a stroller. Use a stroller for as long as you can. We, with our youngest, we took a trip when he was five years old, and it was a multi-country trip. There was going to be a lot of walking. We did have a car, but there was going to be a lot of walking, and I... I was like, last year, we're getting used out of the stroller. He was five. And I am super grateful. Do not regret that choice whatsoever. It was worth everything because there were a lot of uh, time zone changes. There was just a lot we were doing that summer. And man, it was awesome when he was 
off a little bit on his sleep, we could put him in the stroller. And yes, he looked ridiculous where his knees were up a little bit, but sometimes we just needed him in there to get through an airport or a train station or whatever. We just needed him kind of contained. And if he was a little little grumpy or something, we could just kind of give him, lay it back and let him take a little snooze, throw a blanket on him, and he was good to go. So I am a big fan of strollers. Use them for as long as your child will fit in it. I mean, maybe six or eight years old might be a little old, but five, hey man, use a stroller if they're five. Okay, so packing and planning. Here's what every parent needs when you are planning a trip and you're packing, do not forget this. Take a Ziploc bag, stuff it full of trash bags, black trash bags, grocery store bags, stuff it full of those. Those are going to be your lifesavers throughout the trip. Have them easily accessible. So just have a Ziploc easily accessible, like in your carry-on, or if it's a road trip up in, you know, where you can just easily grab it. But I also even go a little further with this, and I will put some wet wipes, tissue, paper towel, whatever. You never know when someone has a blowout diaper or, um, you know, gets a little tummy ailment or just whatever. Gross stuff happens. Or if you stop on the side of the road and you told everyone, do not get wet, and sure enough, there has to be one kid in the group that comes back to the car completely muddy and sopping wet. You just need something easily accessible to wipe them down, clean them up, and then contain whatever biohazard they created, whether it's, you know, a dirty diaper, um, <laughs> like I said, some vomit, some muddy socks, whatever it is where you can just contain it until you get to your next stop. So highly, highly, highly recommend trash bags, wet wipes, tissue, and if you can, and if it's like a road trip, paper towels. Paper towels are phenomenal and very, very needed. Also with packing and planning, I am a big advocate to try to have the kids carry as much of their own stuff as possible. So I definitely think it's a great investment to get the child size little roller bags or little backpack and let them carry a lot of their stuff. You don't have to be the pack mule for the entire family. And they kind of like it too. They feel like um, they're definitely part of the gang when they have their little backpack and their little roller bag going through the airport. So have kids pack and carry as much as possible. And I also had this, we kind of had an issue this summer getting taking a flight with my 12-year-old. We did a lot of travel this summer with um, uh, our 12-year-old, but also we allowed, or we one of our friends has a 12-year-old. And so um, both boys are like the youngest of their family. And so they're, they've kind of grown up as brothers. So we had two 12-year-olds and we had uh, issues with snacks because I was like, I'm not buying airport snacks. And then they would, I would take them to the grocery store. They were buying like, ginormous bags of cookies and chips. And I was like, guys, you have to be able to carry this. I am not carrying your snacks for you. So it's kind of my rule about that. But let's talk about snacks. And I actually have it labeled as snacks, snacks, snacks. When you are traveling with kids, just let them snack. Even if you're not 
you're like, you know, we have dinner reservations, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to ruin dinner. You know what? Let them have a snack. It'll probably save you some money in the long run anyway. Let them kind of eat when they're hungry, especially if you're traveling internationally, you're traveling like their their sleep is off, whatever, just feed them some snacks. Sometimes half of the battle is just because they're hungry, they're grumpy, whatever. Don't make life hard on yourself. I know this isn't something I would I would do personally in our in our life. Our we our kids are expected to eat meals and not just snack all day. But when you're traveling maybe loosen up on this. Sometimes, you know, a bag of chips or cookies will calm down a fussy toddler or preschooler who's having a sort of a meltdown. And and two, even though my kids are not in particularly picky eaters, sometimes they just don't want the food. My son loves mac and cheese, but if we go to a place and it just doesn't suit his palate, he's not going to eat the mac and cheese. And I we're traveling. I don't necessarily have a place to store leftovers. So it's the, it's a total waste of a meal. And I hate, I hate doing waste. So I think, again, to make life easy on yourself, just bring a bunch of snacks, pick up some snacks along the way. And as we all know, airport snacks can get super, super pricey. So plan ahead. Okay, where are we at? Um, Another thing that I've done, another little trick is I don't, when it comes to toys, I don't really let them take a lot of toys. But what I will do is I'll go to like the dollar store or that area in Target where it's the inexpensive little stuff. And I will pick up just some kind of little coloring books or um, don't bring crayons. Coloring pencils are great. Um... Crayons will melt. I promise you. Even if you're keeping track of them, they you will have a crayon catastrophe at some point if you bring crayons. So markers, pencils, colored pencils are are perfect. But picking up little activity books, picking up little things like a deck of cards, a little um, travel game, making sure it doesn't have a lot of pieces, making sure it doesn't have a lot of small parts that could get lost. And here's the thing, I do not let them see these until we're actually on the trip. So that really does help where they're like, it's kind of, you know, if they have those moments where they're just bored or you just need to keep them occupied for a bit, you can pull out some of these new little games or trinkets or toys that they've never seen before. And it actually does kind of do the job and it keeps them occupied. Um, I will also say do not bring any special toys with the exception of maybe a blanket. But even then I caution you, if you can get away with leaving the special bunny or bear or blanket at home, do it, do it (laughs) there. Nothing will ruin a vacation faster than when that beloved toy or item is lost forever. So maybe do something really cute where you just say, you know what, Teddy is going to stay home and just keep an eye on things for us. And he's going to be safely here in your bed because we would hate, hate to lose Teddy out there on our trip. Because I guarantee you it will happen. And again, it will be it'll be a a total catastrophe disaster if you lose those items. Okay, another thing that we have done, and especially 
if you're traveling internationally or say to um, a really busy tourist destination or large city or something where you're kind of, you know, like on alert, you want to keep the kids nearby, um, but they could get lost pretty easily. We have had custom bracelets made. There's a lot of companies, you can just Google them. And they're the like little um, rubber bracelets. They're made of really good high quality leather. And you can get a little print, like it's a little metal plate printed with your name and your information. So we would put my name. So we do usually to my name, my phone number, my email. And then for my husband, his name, his email, his phone number on it. I don't put my children's name on it. If they are found, they, that person doesn't need to know their name. They just need to know, look at the bracelet. So my children have been told, if you ever get lost, you show someone the bracelet and you tell them that's my parents' contact information. And that's something that has actually kind of eased a lot of stress. Um, again, we did back in 2016, we did a pretty extensive trip traveling to different countries. We were in Europe at the time. There was a lot of, um, a lot of stuff going on in Europe at the time. Um, to some of the countries, there was some bombings, I think there was some, there was some stuff kind of going on. And, um, and so we kind of were like, you know, how do we, make sure we're all safe, like in the event that there was something, uh, you know, just out of the norm that would happen. And we were separated as a family, what should we do to, you know, just protect ourselves and be safe and, and such. And so this was one of the ideas um, that we came up with. And we actually didn't encounter anything. So I know a lot of times the media out there is like, oh my gosh, don't ever travel here. It's terrible. It's awful. It's horrible. Um, you won't make it out alive and whatever. You know, I've literally traveled to so many different places around the world. And yes, you're always safe. You should always be aware of your surroundings. But I, I tend not to, to follow the news on the doom and gloom stuff. But definitely you want to be safe. You want to be proactive with your family and especially your children's safety. So definitely I, I encourage you to do something that can help them quickly identify who their parents are and how to contact their parents. All right, so let's talk about some of the ailments. We have experienced this. So my husband on our last trip to England ended up in the hospital. Yay me. Um, part of the reason we're still uh, in disagreement is that I felt like he wasn't reading <laughs> the ailments. He he had like a cold that turned into the flu and he was just taking stuff that people were giving him. And I was like, what did you take? And he didn't read the package. So we ended up, uh, he ended up in the hospital for two nights, three days, two nights. It was a nightmare. Oh, just crazy, crazy situation. So what I have learned over the years is that I pack for all the ailments. Now, granted, you usually can't take these, a lot of these in your carry-on unless you have the travel size. So I usually will bring a few of these in the travel size in my carry-on, but then pack like the bigger bottles and stuff in my luggage. And I just kind of cover allergy, tummy issues, headache, body pains, and cough and cold. Because I will tell you from personal experience, 
even if you're in a country that is English speaking, like England, they don't call things the same that we call things. And so that was a little issue that we ran into. Now, and again, my husband ended up in the hospital over this. This was, it was crazy. So we've traveled to a lot of non-English speaking countries. This is something that, thank goodness, knock on wood, I, we have not encountered and I hope we never do as a family. But I just want to definitely make sure that we have something that we know what we're taking in case we do have a minor ailment that could potentially turn into something worse, like what my husband experienced. So definitely just kind of cover all your bases so that you have something because I'm telling you, it's not as easy as you would think. Um, Another thing, if you are in a foreign country, especially throughout Europe, if you are looking for a pharmacy, they are the green cross sign. That does not mean marijuana. (laughs) I thought it meant marijuana. I'm from the the West. So I thought that meant like a CBD place. It does not. It just means pharmacy. Because if you go into a grocery store or a little corner store, they don't always sell medicines. You actually have to go to a pharmacy. And so I learned the green plus or cross sign is actually um, a pharmacy. So um, all right. Another thing traveling with kids that makes life easier is book your airport pickups and drop-offs in advance. So you know those fancy people that like hold the signs and it has like the last name and you're like, oh my gosh, that must be like someone super fancy or a famous person. No, you know what? Sometimes it's just a guy who works for a car service driving a minivan. Sometimes it's for a family. I learned this pretty early on, about 10, 11, 12 years ago um, when we did our San Francisco trip, we were going to use public transportation we're not going to rent a car when we um, traveled to San Francisco. And so I did some research and I actually found out that it wasn't as expensive as I had thought to just hire someone to help us at the airport. So I remember my husband was like, I, I may have not told him, I was like, oh, I just like booked a car and he got there and he's like, how much did this cost? And I was like, you would be surprised. It wasn't as much as like between tra- buying train tickets for five of us, it was not that much more money. And the gentleman could help us with our luggage and get into the car and we could put the car seat in, all of that. So highly, highly recommend checking that out. Even in this day and age, um, Uber is not everywhere. Like I'm, I came from Las Vegas, Uber is everywhere. It is not everywhere. The town that we live in now, there's they know they don't have Uber or Lyft or anything. It's even hard to get a taxi cab here. Um, so, and and I have found this in other countries too. Definitely do not want to get someone who walks up to you in any airport, anywhere in the country or the world who's offering you a ride. You definitely want to go with a legitimate car service. They're actually really easy to find. Do your research before you go, but never, ever, ever accept a ride from somebody who has approached you at an airport. Um, Not safe, usually not legitimate, and oftentimes will cost you a heck of a lot more money. But definitely book your airport rides in advance. All right, we learned this with TSA. My husband and I are TSA pre-checked. And I was traveling, like I said, with two 12-year-old boys this summer, and 
met up with like the TSA agent who really did a good job <laughs> with checking us out. So I got the lecture that the boys need their own TSA pre-check once they turn 13. So he um, interrogated us for a few minutes and um, both boys checked out. They were 12 legitimately. But like I said, he made sure to let me know that I needed to get them their own TSA pre-check next year. And so I've done some research on this. Not 100% accurate, but I will tell you, I have I have a propensity for finding these, for attracting these types of TSA agents that are uber duper duper <laughs> rule followers. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I've gone to secondary security screening. I don't know what it is about me. My husband thinks it's the most hilarious thing ever. So that's why I have TSA pre-check. And even then, I still sometimes get secondary. I don't know what. I must look like a really bad person or something out there. I have no idea. But anyway, I am going to go ahead and get my 12-year-old his own TSA pre-check at age 13 because I will probably run into this lovely gentleman again in the future. And like I said, so normally I've done the research. It says that they can travel with a parent um, up to age of 18, but if you have a child around the same age, I would probably do the same. I would encourage everyone just get their own TSA pre-check um, once they turn age 13. It, it's super easy to do. Definitely well worth it. All right. So when you've arrived, some tips for getting through your actual trip or vacation. Number one, don't over plan. Take each day at a time and give yourself and your family and especially the kids plenty of rest time, plenty of downtime. So usually when we plan a trip, there are a few things, even when it's just my husband and I, uh, we have a trip coming up and um, we're doing two cities. We're doing Barcelona and Paris. And um, I have a couple of things booked, but actually the majority of our days are kind of free days. We are have booked some items that are um, so we can skip the queue, the long queue or the wait. Some of the more famous attractions. Um, no, we're not we're not going up in the Eiffel Tower. I've been up in the Eiffel Tower before. Um it's my husband's first time to Paris, but it's, it can get a little crazy. And sometimes the line is a little long for that. So we're kind of picking and choosing what's worth it and booking just those few things ahead. And then the rest of the time, and I do it with the kids too, it's kind of a free day because you don't know what the weather is going to be like. You don't know how everyone's going to be feeling. You don't know if you're just like, if you push it too much and too hard, it's not fun for anybody. It's no fun to have like super grumpy kids along the way. But I also encourage you to book places with kid clubs, playrooms, kid programs, and like the national parks. If you are traveling to any of the national parks, they have a junior ranger program that my kids are like, they were diehards of. So, and, and they all, they have all kinds of really cool programs. So do a little bit of research and almost always these types of things are free. There isn't an additional charge for that. And I will say on the national parks, my goodness, well worth the money. Buy a national park pass 
and just spend a year going to different national parks around you. Almost anywhere you are in the country, there are national parks. We did that the year before we left Vegas and we hit all the national parks and man, did we get our money's worth. So, and national parks are great too, because you can pack lunches, um, you know, camp, stay in a cabin, do a lot of really cool stuff off the beaten path. So definitely, definitely recommend that. But you would be surprised at how many places just have like a playground or a little kids club. Um, especially look at airports. Um, I've I've gone through Narita in Tokyo. They are phenomenal for children traveling with children. There's a lot of different options for kiddos there. I also um, have learned at Heathrow, humongous airport, I know, but there are, there's actually like a playroom. It's kind of hidden. You kind of have to do some research, but especially if you're in one of those large airports, do a little research. Is there a kid's play place in here where the kids can just like run, burn off some steam, burn off some energy? You would be surprised at how many airports have a little area for kids to just kind of run around and burn some energy. That way, when you do get them on the plane, they will hopefully take a little snooze for you. So do some research beforehand on those. Um, Let me see real quick. I think I flipped one page too far. All right, so as we're rounding out, um, sorry about that. Oh. Another great idea for kiddos is especially school age into teenagers. Let's talk about teenagers for a second. When one of the coolest moments I experienced as a mom is when we were traveling um, in England. And, And part of the reason we go to England is my husband's family. My husband's half English. So we have a lot of family and we actually have a lot of friends um, there now that live there. So we've been there a few times, but a really cool moment when we were just sort of walking around and we were in front of Buckingham Palace. And, and if you've been there, or if you've seen photos, there is the big statue, I believe at Queen Victoria. I don't, I don't know, but the really cool thing in the roundabout. And my daughter was sitting there just journaling. So <clears throat> that was something I just, as a teenager, gave her like a book and a pen. And she just sat there and journaled about her experience. So if your kid is, is that's something that they would do, I highly recommend it. It is hilarious to sometimes look back and see things from their perspective. And again, even if you think they're not going to have memories of this, you will be surprised at what they glean from the experience. So whether it's a school-age kiddo and you're like, hey, draw a picture. It's a great activity, a great way for them to really kind of express themselves on their trips and their adventures. And just something, such a neat keepsake to have throughout the years, but also bring one for yourself and write down those little funny moments, those little things that happen along the way. Um, another thing I want to encourage you to do is utilize laundry facilities. So some at some point in the trip, especially with kids, I always feel like we have to do a quick load of laundry um, or two. Um, so I usually have like a morning or a day. Maybe it's nap time. Maybe it's, you know, the husband or your spouse takes the kids to go run around at a playground and you go hit a laundromat for like an hour or two just to kind of get things done. Um, most laundry facilities, even if they're in foreign countries, often have the soap and the amenities all there for you. So 
definitely utilize laundry facilities along the way. Look for opportunities for play, especially like on a long car ride, just like I said with the airports, but some of our favorite family memories are taking long trips, taking a soccer ball in the car, and then pulling over at a rest stop or side of the road with a big area and just kicking around the soccer ball as a family. And it doesn't even have to be like, it could just be like a big dirt parking lot or something that doesn't have any traffic or cars. So make sure you're finding plenty of opportunity for them to play. Even my 11 year old, when we did a, we did Wyoming and Montana last year, um, we just sought out playgrounds. Like sometimes, again, we didn't book back to back to back days. So we allowed a lot of stuff because we just needed him to get out of the car. We were doing a lot of driving. It was a lot. There was a lot of snow. We found ourselves in a blizzard at one point. So he had been kind of trapped inside a little bit. So we actually just went into a neighborhood that had a, a wonderful playground and let him run around for 15, 20 minutes just to kind of burn some energy. Um, also research off the beaten paths, attractions, activities, and sites. So we are not, I think I may have shared this before, we're not like big amusement park or big travelings. We did Disneyland a few years ago. We did the three-day pass. Nobody wanted to go the third day. So it's kind of a waste on us. Um, and so we, I, I, again, probably kind of how I've raised my kids, like well, just Every place that you've gone, if you go on TripAdvisor, if you go on some of those apps I told you about, do some research. You would be surprised what you will find in just any kind of small town, any kind of location. You will sometimes come across the coolest attractions. Maybe it's a really famous diner or like I've said, a war memorial that you know, or a historic place or a famous or a birthplace of a famous person. You have no idea what is around you. So do your research. And even if you're on the road and you're like, hey, it looks like we're going to stop here for the afternoon. Before you get there, do some research and find out what's kind of cool around that, that area. What can you see? Again, educate yourself, educate your family on this. And lastly, I'm getting the notice and I'm running short on time. So let me finish this up. I, guys, can you tell I could talk about this forever and ever? Top number one favorite thing that I do is travel. Definitely very passionate. Love traveling with my kids. But have a family motto. So our family motto is it's all part of the adventure. Even when things don't go quite how we thought they were going to. So we've found ourselves stranded on the side of a road on Thanksgiving weekend with a flat tire. We have, like I said, experienced hospital stays. We have, of course, experienced things like flight delays, bad weather, all of that stuff. We have all the memories and that's exactly what they are. So now instead of us getting grumpy, because my goodness, my husband can and I can turn into like the Bickersons in like 0.2 seconds when we're both under stress. We try to just calmly remind ourselves that it's all part of the adventure. And again, when you look back, and you travel with your children, and you have those memories, it is those things that your children are going to remember forever. We had a trip where we had a grasshopper on the windshield of our car 
that we didn't like want to scare him off with like the windshield wipers, but he just like hopped on our car and we, it is one of the favorite family memories I have with my kids. Number one, they thought it was hilarious because we were like driving down the highway and this grasshopper was on our windshield, stopped for gas. He was still there. Got back. He was in there like six hours. He was on our windshield for like six hours and then finally just kind of jumped off at one point. But that was one of the best memories because my kids like made up stories about him. It was just hilarious. I mean, as something as random as a grasshopper on your windshield. So enjoy the little moments. Enjoy those things. I think that is one of the best things about traveling with your children are those really cool, fun, unique memories. You don't have to do the the big amusement parks. You don't have to spend tons of money doing this. Um, there's a lot of ways to be really creative with travel when it comes to kids. So I hope this episode inspired you. Thank you, Alicia slash Alicia for your, your question, your suggestion. Um, keep them coming. Like I said, I love to hear from you guys and get more topics on uh, things that you want to hear more of, um, by all means, send me a message through Facebook, Instagram. You can shoot me an email, but I highly encourage you guys to join the listener member only group and the details are on the buy me a coffee link. Click on membership. It's nine bucks a month. No obligation to, to do it for very long. You can just jump in, get some resources. We can have, you know, a two way conversation there. And um, if I'm super appreciative of you guys giving me this opportunity to share all of these tips and talk about this because I love it. I love travel. I love it. I, I, maybe I was a gypsy in a past life. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I hope this has encouraged you and maybe have even alleviated some of your fears of traveling with kids. So if you guys have some cool stuff to share, definitely share those with me too. I love seeing the feedback on uh, from my members, or excuse me, for my listeners also. All right, until next time, thanks for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast. Mm-hmm.